Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Instructional Design Career Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping new and aspiring instructional designers get the knowledge, skills, and confidence to stand out in the field and land their first corporate instructional design job. I'm your host, Jill Davidian, and think of this podcast as a way to put my over 20 years of corporate ID experience in your back pocket. I've helped over 500 new instructional designers successfully transition into the field, and I know what hiring managers are looking for. Whether you're looking for a career change and exploring if instructional design is right for you, or you know you want to become an ID and have no idea how to get started, you are in the right place. Join me each week for actionable guidance as we explore how to build your portfolio, transform your resume, and interview with confidence. It's already the end of March, and the first quarter of the year is already gone. I hope you all have been working diligently to meet your instructional design goals and that everything has been going well so far. We've had quite a few episodes already for this podcast, and I'm hoping that you're getting a lot of value out of it. If there's anything that you would like to see as far as episode topics, send me an email and I can get that topic added to the agenda. So today we are talking about volunteer experience. This really gets to that whole chicken and egg thing when you're transitioning careers and in order to get a job, you have to have experience. But in order to get experience, you have to have a job and it kind of goes around and around and around. And as I've said on previous episodes, the one thing that really helps you to stand out so that you can get a job when you don't have any experience is your portfolio because it shows what you can do. So even though you haven't actually done it as evident on your resume, the portfolio really shows what you're capable of, and what you can bring to that organization. But there's something else that you can do that can really help you to get an instructional design job and can get you some experience and get you out of that whole chicken and egg thing. And that is getting a volunteer project where you volunteer some of your time, but in exchange, you get some experience and lots of other great benefits that will help you in getting an instructional design job. So I want to discuss in this episode today about why it's so beneficial for you to seek out a volunteer project, how do you even get a volunteer project, and what to do when you get it. So this was all prompted by a partnership that my program, Applied Instructional Design Academy, just formed with a volunteer organization called Give Kids the World. And it is an amazing organization that is in Florida. And I know you've probably heard of Make-A-Wish Foundation. So when kids get granted their wish to go and, you know, take a vacation or do whatever it is that they want to do. A lot of times what they want to do is go to Disney World. And so these are kids that often have terminal illnesses and other things that may prevent them from living the life that other kids get to live. And so this Make-A-Wish Foundation is really amazing. And so a lot of kids' wishes are to go to Disney World. And so this organization is actually a place where families can go stay when they go down to Florida. It's almost like a dreamland for kids who are experiencing really rough things in their life. And it's just like a little happy place for them. And it's a really, really amazing organization. One of our mentors in Applied Instructional Design Academy has been volunteering at this organization for a while. And she helped us form a partnership with them where Applied Instructional Design Academy students are able to get volunteer experience for a really, really good cause and put that on their portfolio. And so, like I said, there's so many reasons why this is such a great thing to do. And in a future episode, I will have her and maybe some of the Applied Instructional Design Academy members come on and talk about their experience on this project. But for right now, I just want to talk about getting a volunteer project in general. 
So why should you even do this? Like I said, it gives you experience. That's the number one reason is that you can actually put experience on your resume. Now, in addition to that, many times these organizations will let you use what you create for them as portfolio samples. So if you create e-learning for them, if you create storyboards, if you create any instructor-led training or virtual instructor-led training, you can put that on your portfolio. And so that'll give you additional portfolio samples, but you don't have to make up the client. You have a real client and can walk through a real example of what this looks like, which maybe seems harder, but it's actually a lot easier, I think, than trying to make it up. The other thing is that you're going to have projects and situations to talk about in interviews. So when you go into an instructional design interview, they're often going to ask you questions. And so those questions are often in the STAR format. We'll have another episode on this later, but STAR is situation, task, action, and result. So they're going to ask you, tell me about a time when you work with a difficult SME, for example, and SME is subject matter expert, meaning they're the ones who know the content and you're the one working with them to pull that content out of them and design the learning. So if you're on a volunteer project, you are probably going to work with a SME and it's going to be maybe your first time ever working with a SME. And so when you go into an interview and you have an employer say, tell me about a time when you work with a difficult SME, you're going to be able to say, well, I was on this project and I was trying to get XYZ done. And it was really hard to get a hold of the SME because they were really busy and they had all these things going on. I just couldn't get what I needed. And then you can tell them what you did, but you're going to have a real example. So you're not going to be sitting there trying to figure out what to say, trying to you know make something up or trying to give a hypothetical answer. You're going to have real answers for the questions that they ask that are actually instructional design related. Because you could answer with other projects that you've done that maybe are not instructional design related, but of course having instructional design related answers is the best way to go. So those are just a couple of reasons that I think really make a volunteer experience enticing, even though you're not getting paid for it, but you're getting that experience, you're able to talk about it on your interviews, you're able to put it in your resume, and you're able to have samples for your portfolio. Now, the last thing is this is a nonprofit organization because you could volunteer for something that's for profit, like your friend's business or something like that. But if it's a volunteer organization, you're also doing it for a good cause. And one of the things that I love about this field is that every single organization in the world needs training, even nonprofit organizations, even those organizations that are helping people every day. And so if it's really on your heart to be able to give back, and maybe you don't feel like that when you go get your corporate job, this is a way to be able to still use the skills that you're learning and will learn in the future to be able to do that. Now, where do you actually look for these opportunities? So you can think first about if you volunteer anywhere, that's the first place. So we have members of Applied Instructional Design Academy who have in the past volunteered at various organizations like the food bank in their city. We had one who volunteered on a kidding farm for goats. So when goats had baby goats, there were volunteers there that took care of them. We've had people volunteer for causes they believe in. And actually, this has happened probably, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 times in Applied Instructional Design Academy, where members have gone to the organizations that they volunteer for, and they've said, hey, do you have any training needs? Do you have any learning that I could help you create, maybe to train your volunteers? And so that's the same way that we got this particular partnership with Give Kids the World, because 
our mentor, she went to them and actually there was probably a conversation that was going on where they were just lamenting about how they didn't have training and they had a lot of volunteers coming on and they just didn't have the resources to be able to train them. And she said, hey, I can help. So sometimes those conversations just come up naturally, but other times you have to ask. But that would be the first place is just think about causes that you believe in and feel really strongly about. It could be maybe a animal shelter, pretty much anything really, if it's something that you believe in. Now, if you don't have anything that you personally already volunteer at, maybe you have friends or family members who have connections at various volunteer organizations And they might be able to hook you up with a contact to be able to reach out and see if they might need some training or your friend or family member might know because they've just been working with that organization. You also can look up local causes in your area on the internet. That's another way to find places. And they don't even have to be in your area. They could be online organizations where you could even do something virtually for them, right? A lot of things are happening virtually right now. A lot of instructional design jobs are virtual, A lot of people are working virtually. Depending on what the nonprofit does, they might be working virtually. And so the cool thing is you don't even have to limit it to your local area. You could potentially look up organizations that are not even based in your local area, but are maybe causes that you believe in as well. Another one I always think is interesting is to ask at your child's school. If maybe you are interested in something that is related to education or kids, they always have organizations that they work with or organizations that maybe help needy kids or things like that. If that's something that you might be interested in, they always have ideas for maybe places that need some help. So those are just a few ideas. Now, if you're okay with doing something that maybe isn't a nonprofit, but you still just want to get that experience, you still want to put it on your portfolio, the different samples that you create, or you want to have those projects to talk about in interviews and you just can't find a nonprofit or maybe that isn't something that lights you up, you could ask friends, family members, if maybe there is a local business in your area, maybe if a friend or family member runs a business, maybe you could check with businesses that are around and ask them if they maybe need some help as well. I always love to give back to organizations, I think especially if you're going to be giving away your time for free. But I know that some people are willing to do it even for a for-profit company if it's maybe a friend or family member or a small business that maybe wouldn't otherwise be able to afford having training and you still get experience with a real client. There is nothing like having experience with a real client because it's one thing to simulate the experience, but being able to walk through and see what I'm talking about when I say difficult SME or see what I'm talking about when I say, okay, you're going to get lots and lots of feedback when you go through this process of creating training, you're going to be turning in lots of different drafts, going and actually writing a storyboard for a real client with content that you're not familiar with. Often that is where a lot of people just really are like deer in headlights sometimes because information is new and you don't know. And so it really, really is great experience, even if it happens to not be a nonprofit. So what would you tell them if this is a cold thing? Because you could do this cold where you could just go to an organization and ask them, or you you can do it through a friend or family member, and that's obviously the best way. But what if you need to do it cold? I would tell them, whether it's through email or through a phone call, that you create training and online learning for organizations. So be careful about saying that you're in instructional design or you're becoming an instructional designer because a lot of people don't know what that means. So I would say that you create training for organizations and you assess their learning needs to identify 
the best training for, you know, the people that work there. And you're looking to gain experience for your resume and things that you can show in your portfolio to really demonstrate what you can do. And you'd love to do it for a good cause. You're wondering if they have any training needs where you could volunteer and do this for free in exchange for being able to use it in your portfolio. You can ask if there's anyone that you might speak with to see if they need training for their volunteers or for their employees, if there's anywhere where they can use some help with the learning that they provide. And so oftentimes it may not be the person answering the phone that can help you, but they may be able to get you with somebody And a lot of these organizations would love to have some help. They just don't have the funding to be able to afford it. I know Give Kids the World was so excited for us to come in and be able to help them. We are already doing, I think right now, maybe four courses with them. And we have learning teams of two people on each one. So I think we've got about eight of our members working with them right now. And they have a ton of things that will probably keep us busy for the next year or two because they have so many needs and they just don't have the resources to be able to do it. Now, a couple of things I want you to keep in mind when you do this, because often you're going to be doing this with a smaller organization. So it could be your friend's business, right? Or a local business, maybe a small company that can't afford to hire someone, or it could be a nonprofit, right? I do want you to treat this like a real project. And so I want you to go in, have a kickoff meeting, and we will talk about that in a future episode. Ask a lot of questions. I mean, really shake this seriously and really treat it like it's a real client. But just keep in mind that there may be some restrictions. So that's something that you want to pay attention to. Also, there might be some software limitations, right? Like if you want to create something in Storyline Arise, do you have Storyline Arise? Because they're not going to. So just keep in mind that if you need specific software for what you're creating, then that's probably going to be something that's going to be your expense. Or if you have the trial or you know whatever it is, but just keep in mind that if you're using any specialized software... That's a consideration. Like I said, you don't have to use specialized software and do e-learning, but of course, it'd be an amazing experience if you could. Also keep in mind where their learners are located. Are these volunteers that are all over the place spread out? Are they all in one building? That's going to dictate your learning method that you choose. Always ask them if samples can be used in your portfolio up front. That I think is really important. Now, can you get good experience if you can't use the samples? It's still great to be on that project. Yeah, of course. You can still talk about in interviews. You can still put the experience on your resume. It's just giving you good experience to help you get over your imposter syndrome if you have it. But you really want to be able to put those samples in your portfolio. And honestly, if an organization was not comfortable with that, I would probably move to another organization before I got started on the project. And I understand that some organizations may not be comfortable because maybe they're dealing with sensitive information or working with sensitive populations. I'm not saying that every organization needs to let you use the work on your portfolio. I just think that it's a fair exchange and I would want you to be able to use that because you are doing that work for free. So hopefully that helped you to get a better understanding of how to get a volunteer project, where to look, what the benefits are for doing a volunteer project and a few things to keep in mind as you're looking. If you have any other questions or you want to talk through that process or even talk about what happens after you get that project, because I know that can sometimes be the scariest part, you can jump over to the Facebook group and we'll be happy to continue that discussion. I hope you all have a good day and see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Instructional Design Career Podcast. I hope you've gained valuable insights that will help you on your instructional design journey. 
Did you have a moment of clarity? Maybe you have some additional questions. Let's discuss in my Facebook group, which can be found in the description below and in the show notes at learningstrategyanddesign.com slash podcast. If you love the show and want to hear more, follow the podcast and give me a rating and review. Let me know if there's a specific topic you'd like me to cover or a guest you'd like me to have on the show. You can also check out more resources for breaking into instructional design on my website, learningstrategyanddesign.com. Stay tuned next week as I bring you more tips, tools, and strategies to jumpstart your instructional design career.